Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So I want to start, and you will hear me start this way for a while, with reminding you that we have Passionate and Prosperous Live coming up in November. So whenever you're listening to this, whether it's right when this episode releases or a couple of months from now, you still probably have a really good chance of joining us live. Live means that we are actually going to be in New York City together at the very first Passionate and Prosperous live event. It also means if you're hearing this and it's really close to November 11th or 12th and it's too late for you to pop into New York City, then that also means that you can be with us virtually live. So this two-day business building and inspiration event is going to be first of all, off the charts, and you will be able to join us virtually if you're not able to come live. Of course, if you come live, there'll be some other things that are not possible to do for you on the Zoom, like you'll get some gifts and you'll have lunch and you'll be with me in person and you'll be in a room, a high vibe room with other entrepreneurs, coaches, service providers, wellness professionals, and you'll be able to connect with them and bond with them and have those feelings that we get when we're around other people who are also on a mission to help other people to transform and to live their best lives. And that's who we all are, right? So I want you to mark your calendar and keep an eye. I'm working right now on the page for you to be able to see and sign up and grab that ticket. But I'm giving it to you now because it's something you can put on your calendar in ink, right? If you still got an inky calendar, I do. Um, And that way, you're not going to feel like I didn't tell you soon enough for you to make that plan to get an Airbnb or uh, book your plane ticket or your bus ticket or gas up your car or whatever it is that you need to do. All right. So November 11th and 12th, Passion and Prosperous Live, and we will have an opportunity to be together. And that actually really excites me, just so you know. So let's dive into today. Um Many of you that listen to the show um, may recall that not that long ago, I offered a group course called Prosper. A lot of you that listened to the show were in that course, and it gave me my favorite opportunity. My favorite opportunity is to have group coaching calls. Um, I love coaching my one-on-one clients so much, and you've heard me say this before, and I also always have everyone being able to participate in a group, whether it's my small group mastermind for my one-on-one clients, or if people are in the Out of Overwhelm group program, we always offer an extension after that so that then everyone can still have the container and the coaching support with me and the community. Um, And then, of course, in Prosper, we had live coaching calls. And in the Academy, the Passion and Prosperous Academy, which starts up in January, right? Many of you have actually emailed me and asked me about Out of Overwhelm because you started listening to the show and you heard me talking about the program, but it was already in progress. Well, the great news is that Out of Overwhelm is expanding. It's not going to be in the same format. It's going to be in the form of this incredible Passionate and Prosperous Academy, which is going to be a one-year program. So that starts in January. And that's going to have group coaching calls because I freaking love group coaching calls. And the reason I love group coaching calls is because 
I really do believe that when people are inside of a loving, supportive container being held and witnessed by people that they feel comfortable with and trust, that they go deeper and open up and have really, really powerful, profound coaching experiences. And also, when you are in a group coaching experience, one of the most amazing things to come of it is that you hear what other people want to get coached on. You hear what other people are coming up with, what their questions are, and just what they're dealing with. And it lets you know that you're not alone. Inevitably, anything that comes up on a group coaching call is relevant to everyone in the room. And everyone feels validated or that their question was answered or that they're not weird or or different. Um, and they recognize that they're just fucking human, right? And trying to make the best of their experience. And it's not always easy to remember that, right? When when you're alone, like when you're alone, it's not always easy to remember that like you're just a fucking human being doing your best. And one of the things that came out of one of the, the group coaching calls in Prosper inspired what I'm going to talk to you about today. And what we're going to talk about today is how showing up is just good. Showing up is just good. And I'm going to explain to you why I'm telling you that showing up equals good. So we're on the Prosper call and someone was getting coached and I was in Prosper. The whole thing about Prosper was about doing visualizations and seeing your future self and getting really clear on what you do in a way that you feel excited and lit up about sharing. And um, it was all about like how you could bring more casual enthusiasm to your business and to the conversations that you get to have with people, A, out in the world, and B, when you're actually talking to people who may be potential clients. And so throughout the course, we had all kinds of um, skills labs and exercises and coaching sequences that I offered and encouraged everyone to go and get together and practice them and whatever. And one of the questions that came up on the group coaching call was around one of the practices and some of the stuff that we were talking about. And someone literally asked, well, how do you know if you're doing it good or bad? And I was like, you're just automatically doing it good. (laughs) It's automatically good because showing up equals good. Like, that's it. If you show up to the practice, you're told, hey, go practice this skills lab with someone and you show up and you do it, you did good. Practicing is good. Showing up is good. There's no way to do it bad unless you literally have a bad intention. And it really reminded me of the importance of coming in and talking about this with you on a deeper level because when I first made the connection in my brain, and I'm going to tell you, I can tell you literally when it was. When I made the connection in my brain that showing up equals good, it felt life-changing and transformative, not only for me, but for all the people that I was teaching at the time, because this happened when I was already into my yoga teaching career and teaching people how to do and guiding people through teaching them how to do it and then guiding them through a practice. And I remember the moment when the light bulb went off. I'm going to tell it to you a little later. When I realized the difference between practicing for a performance, which is what I had done my whole life and practicing for the sake of practicing. And 
after I had this, like, I mean, it wasn't just like an intellectual thing that where I thought, oh my goodness, what an, what an interesting new concept. But when I actually understood that concept on a deep soul level, embodied this concept, I feel like everything about me and my life and how I teach and how I and now coach, like my coaching is completely influenced because all we are is a product of our own evolution, right? So, so the kind of coach I am today is influenced by what happened before I even knew I was going to become a coach. Um, it literally, I'm, so I'm going to say it changed my life and I've tried, I'm not going to say I've tried, meaning like I've tried and haven't succeeded, but I have found myself over the years, because that was over 20 years ago. I have found myself over the years, always wanting to find ways to help my students and my clients understand this concept. And I think I've succeeded, you know, in a lot of in a lot of instances. And yet I also know that it's such a it's such a deep concept that it's not always easy to get it, not because anyone's dumb or not totally smart, um, but because it's just it's just a different it's it's changing your wiring. And we're all wired against showing up equals good unless you were raised in this really, really unbelievable environment. I was raised in an unbelievable environment, but the concept of showing up equals good, it didn't really understand it fully until much, much later. So you might understand this concept. And when you're listening, be like, yes, yeah, Stacey, we all know that. But my gut is telling me that like, that's not probably going to happen. Okay. So What's probably going to happen is you're going to try to wrap your mind around it. And some of you will be like, holy shit. And then some of you will be like, that sounds really good, (laughs) but I don't know if I fully get it yet. And that's okay. That's going to be totally okay. All right. So why is it essential for us to talk about how showing up and practicing are just good, that it just, that, that, that it just is what it is that we practice for the sake of practicing, and that showing up equals good. Well, because now, and I've known this for a long time, just so you know, but like, I'm going to say in my transformed adult being, okay, in my in my adult being, and I do think that that there's a distinction between our, our fully formed adult being and definitely what forms for us when we're children. When we are little from zero to, I'm going to say like, you know, your human brain um, isn't really formed into an adult brain until you're in your 20s. <laughs> oh my God. I just thought, I was like, and a lot of the guys I dated, <laughs> their human brain still wasn't formed. <laughs> so anyway, um, but really your adult brain, like your mature brain isn't really fully formed until you're in your twenties. Okay. But I'll even say that like a lot of what we're going to talk about happens a little before that. And it's not only the stuff where your belief system is formed from zero to five, right? Zero to five is where your belief system is formed. And then from five and up, there's a lot of shit that you learn. There's a lot of learned. It's kind of learned by from your environment, it's learned from your parents, it's learned from your peers, it's learned from the way things are done, right? It's learned from the patriarchy, it's learned from the education system, right? So all of this this shit that is organized by other people, mostly adult white men. So this is why our whole society is fucking falling apart right now, right? This is why we're living. If you're listening to this in 2022, it's so funny. After I did the episode on time and space, I thought, wow, I wonder if anyone will ever be listening to Passionate and Prosperous like in 500 years. like, And they're going to be listening to this as like this unbelievable way of hearing about what it was like in twin in the 2020s. So anyway, now I always want to be like, if you're listening to this, it's 2022. And at this time, we're going through a lot of shit. We're going through a lot of breaking down 
of structures that don't work, that were put in place that don't fucking work, okay? And there's a lot of those structures that aren't even about like racism and and, and misogyny and <laughs> bigotry and inequality. And there's a lot of stuff that's just like bullshit that is just like seems innocuous and it seems like not the worst thing that that we experience when we're growing up and they have these really profound effects on the way that we view and see ourselves and others and the world, right? The meaning that we make of all that. And so one of the, as an adult, right? I was about to say to you, so one of the most important or essential things that I know that I think make me a successful adult formed human being who is waking up every single day. And even though life is up and down and life can be hard and shit happens and not everything is perfect and all of that, that I wake up every single day and I genuinely feel like I am fucking being a human being to the best of my ability. And the reason for that is two things. Because on a personal level, I have practices that I do. Meditation, visualization, affirmation, future pulling, um, like sitting and, and, and doing my road mapping, like tuning into myself, tapping into my intuition, uh, you know, d- changing my subconscious, rewiring my thoughts. Like, and I do it on a regular basis, right? So, and in order to do those things, in order to rewire my brain, in order to expand, in order to open myself up to abundance, this is not woo. This is not woo. You know, I'm like the combo. I love the woo. And okay, so some of it might sound like woo to you, but what I'm telling you is that having rituals, routines, and practices that you do, that I do every day, which help me to be the absolute best version of me, be who I want to be so that I can do the things I want to do so that I can have the things I want to have, right? You've heard me teach this, be, do, have, that those are practices, okay? And from a business point of view, the number one thing that I do is show up. So the two most essential things that I think make me a success. And I don't only mean success like money, money monetarily. I mean a successful person, human, not success based on what I have or, or stuff or money, but literally a successful human being. Like I'm doing it. I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm living and I'm, and I'm not crumbling, right? Is that I have practice and I show up practice show up. And both of those things in and of themselves, practicing and showing up equal doing a good job. Okay. Practice and showing up equals good. There's literally no such thing as practicing and having it be bad. There's literally no such thing as showing up and having it be bad. Now, that's not to say that sometimes the way that you show up or the way that you practice, you could identify as you didn't show up or practice a certain way. And we're going to talk about that. But that's different than the if you're showing up for your practices and if you're showing up for your business, for your life, and you've got a couple of things in place that I'm going to share with you, there's no way to do it wrong. There's no such thing as bad, wrong, bad. And, you know, we have an episode on, you know, on you can't do anything wrong. You literally, right? If you're coming from a certain place. And on that episode, I talk about similar things. But today, I'm really going to try to help you to understand what it really means to show up and or to practice and to know that that already makes it good and that there's no way that you can fuck it up or do it wrong. Okay. So here's what I see. 
in my courses, in my classes, in the, with the people that I coach, there is this overwhelming fear, a tremendous, sometimes paralyzing fear and worry that you're going to do something wrong or that there's a right way to do it and no one told you what it is and therefore you're probably doing it wrong or that everything has to fall into the category of either it's good or it's bad. So everything in our brains, we think of everything as right and wrong, good or bad, and we're terrified of that. We're terrified. Who wants to be wrong? Who wants to be bad? Nobody. Why? Because when you were little, there were consequences to being wrong and bad, right? And now you have are living a fear-based life of doing something wrong or doing something bad, even though there's no such thing. I mean, yeah, there is bad. Like break a rule, you know, not a rule, a law, <laughs> okay? Um break a law, literally do something bad, like commit a crime. Okay. Is that bad? Yeah, that that's bad. Okay. But, <laughs> but in the stuff we're talking about, about like showing up and being your most authentic self and trying stuff and experimenting and practicing and, you know, being good natured, you know, there's no way to do that wrong or bad. Maybe when you're little, you have to learn some shit about like what's good and bad. Like you shouldn't like, you shouldn't be mean to people. You shouldn't hit people. You you shouldn't commit violence. You shouldn't steal stuff. Like there are definitely some sort of like fundamental principles of how to be a good person that you need to follow and that you need to learn and that you need to be right. And every, every philosophy has those ethical, those ethics. One of the reasons why I think I love yoga so much, the yoga philosophy, is because yoga philosophy shares what it means to be a good person, like literally a good person, without making it about religion and without making, right? So it's not fear-based. It's not based on like a religion. It's not based on someone else's values, right, about like, about abortions or about like, it's not based on that. It's based purely, it's not Bible-based. It's based purely on some ethics of how to be a good person, right? Which is like, don't be violent. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't like covet, basically. Um, manage your energy. Like literally don't be, you know, like the, the, the actual ethic is celibacy brahmacharya to a certain point in your life. Um, I've, I've always, I don't like to reinterpret classical philosophy, but I think for modern living, if you won't really feel that you love the yoga kind of ethics, then that brahmacharya, we often say, well, that's about moderation. It's about, it's about managing your energy. It's about recognizing like where it's good to like, where it's good to share your potent life force. Like who should you share it with? Right. And where should you share it? Because it's like, because it's, it's you, it's like something of great value, right. Along with other things like cleanliness, contentment. Okay. These are like the ethics of yoga. Okay. It doesn't have anything to do with like, like who you love or who you want to have sex with, or, you know, like, like what sex that person is. It doesn't have anything to do with like what you do with your life or with your body. It doesn't have anything to do with God. It has nothing to do with being punished. It just is like, this is what it is to be a good person, right? So when it comes to like, if there's something right or wrong, I would say that like, we could use some of those ethics and say, okay, so yeah, that's a given. And now outside of that, if you're not violent, hurting people, lying, stealing, then you're pretty much good to go with like what you're doing, with what you're doing in your life, right? And and what you're experimenting with and what you're trying and how you're showing up. If you're not hurting anyone, lying or stealing, right? Or, or you know, being deceptive or being an asshole or being violent or whatever, then you're good. But unfortunately, when we're growing up, because of all the 
structures that are put around us, we're actually raised with a lot of competition, right? You, you're, you, it's just ingrained in the activities that we do that like there's winners and losers. People get picked for things. So you either get picked or you don't. And usually when you get picked for something, you're just fucking standing there being you. You're just standing there being you. And you're basically being given the message when you're the one who doesn't get picked that just standing there being you is not enough. It's not good enough. So, so you're trained that being your authentic self is not good enough. You get grades in school. You have to take all of these tests. There's testing, testing, whether or not you're allowed to go to the places you want to go to college or go to school or whatever. There's separation of like who's smart, who's not smart, right? And then there's even all this peer stuff about good and bad, right? And you heard me talk on this show about being bullied and how there, there's so much bullying and bullying is such a huge problem in the world. Um, and so all of these things influence you to thinking that there's a way for you to be wrong and that there's a way for you to be bad. You're bad. You're wrong. You're a loser. And oh my God, by the time you're a fucking grown up and you want to like have your passion and prosperous life and business and you want to like take chances and you want to take risks and you want to make changes and you want to try stuff and you want to try to use your gifts and skills and you want to try to be like be who you are and, and have that be enough and show yourself and be visible and whatever you've, you're so fucked up already. How can you do all of that? Right. And then not all of it is with bad intention, you know? So, you know, if you don't already know my story, you can go back and listen like to the very first episode if you want. But, you know, I was a performer and I had so much support and love and validation from my parents. And definitely I was lucky. I did get parts. I was the, 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 the good dancer that got the solos. I was the, 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 the girl who got the lead in all the shows. Like that was me. I'm not going to lie. Right. And that fucked me up in a really interesting way because I, what became ingrained in me was that practicing for things was for the performance that practice you practiced so that you could be perfect so that then when you put yourself out there in front of everyone on the stage at the audition in front of the audience whatever that you were polished and perfect because you could never go on the stage or go to the audition or whatever if you weren't going to be polished and and rehearsed and ready. And so practicing got very, very um, kind of convoluted or merged or morphed with rehearsing. And it makes you crazy because you start to feel like there's no joy in practice because practicing is always for an outcome. Practicing is never for the sake of practicing, even though in really, really elevated philosophy and human behavior and the importance of like of 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 how to be a spiritually connected human being you have to know how to practice for the sake of practicing because practicing for the sake of practicing is how we manage ourselves it's how we manage our physical mental emotional and psychic well-being and yet, when we're little, we're trained to think that practicing is something that has an outcome. It's performance-based and that we're going to be judged, that it's going to be for other people. And then we're going to get judged. We're going to get reviewed. We're going to get picked. We're going to not get picked. We're going to get all of that, right? So some of you may have had it in a different way. You may have been on sports teams. You may have played played something. You might have even just been an instrumentalist who like you can get picked to be the good seat in the band and orchestra or the shitty seat in the band and orchestra, or you're in the back row of chorus because the chorus teacher doesn't want to hear you sing. Or, you know, you, you, you know, you, you tried out for the tennis team and didn't make it, even though you fucking love playing tennis. Like, you know, again, like all of this is like, it mangles up the things that you love doing and that you enjoy and that you would want to do for the sake of doing it simply because 
For you as a human being, it feels good. It lights you up. It makes you feel like you. You feel good at it. You probably are good at it, even if you're not good enough to be like, you know, a, you know, in the fucking Olympics. And yet, we're not taught. We're not celebrated. We're not, we're not told that just practicing is good and that showing up is enough. We're not rewarded for that. And so when you get older and none of that other shit matters, unless it's the life you chose, right? Unless you chose to be an Olympian or, you know, something, look, there are certain things that have competition uh, built in. There's, there is stuff that, and here's what I want to say. You, you can want to be the best at what you do. You can want to be great at what you do. You can keep working toward being amazing. I do. I mean, that's been my whole life. My whole life has been like, I love to keep up-leveling my skills. I love to keep getting better. That's what why my whole brand is about evolution, right? One of my sort of, I don't know, <laughs> brand phrases um, is, you know, change is never a sign of failure. It's your opportunity to evolve. We are always getting better and you always have an opportunity to get better. But, and, yes, and, but what you already are is already good. It's already good enough and you're allowed to want to get better. But that doesn't erase, eliminate, or change the fact that where you are is good and that showing up is good and that practicing is good, right? And so when you want to be the best in your industry, when you want to get the promotion, when you want to win the competition, when you want to, you know, like I won a big competition a few years ago. You've heard me tell the story. I won $10,000 for making $10,000 in 10 weeks in my business. I really wanted to win that shit. I really wanted to win that shit. And I also was practicing for knowing that just the fact that I got to be a finalist was enough. And I also had to practice the fact that just Showing up in the competition and giving it my all was already good. Already good. Showed up, boom, good. The fact that I got further and that I won, yay. Yeah, we might want those kinds of milestones. I still want to be someone who can go audition and get the part. Yeah, I want that. I'm submitting this show to for a podcast award. I want to get the award. Yeah. But I also know that this show is good. And I know that my showing up and doing what I do is already good. I cannot wait and will not wait for someone else to tell me it's good. Or if I don't get that, think that it's bad or that I'm doing something wrong. And so I work with people constantly all day long who are terrified of of doing things wrong. And of, and of, uh, and of doing things bad, of being bad, being bad, right? So are there ways to show up for things and practice things that make it that what you're doing could be better or worse? Yes, but it's only about what, how you show up. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Okay. So. Meaning, can you show up with a shitty vibe? Can you show up already closed-minded, already ready for a fight, already in resistance, already like assuming the worst? Yeah, I mean, those are not good things. Like, can you show up in a way that's like going to be kind of not get you, you know, a good, a good result, like, because you set it up that way? Yes. So is it important for you to do your practices so that you can show up the way you want to show up? Yes, it is. Right. And are there some guidelines the same way I just told you that like the guidelines of yoga of how to be a good person are like, um, don't commit violence. Don't lie. Don't steal. Find contentment. You know, practice contentment, practice cleanliness. Um, you know, don't like, don't, <laughs> don't covet, you know, don't be an adulterer. Um, don't, you, you know, like, don't like, don't give away all of your like potent high vibe 
sexual life force energy, like carelessly, like, yeah, those are like good things, right? So you can use those things. And then, so can you, can you know ways to show up that are going to be better than others? Yes. But then at the end of the day, someone needs to teach us all. And I learned this and it's in a lot of philosophy, yoga philosophy, you know, a lot of Eastern philosophy, Buddhism, um, you know, that you have to be able to show up with great enthusiasm, with no attachment to the outcome. And that's how you become someone who can show up and practice without always trying to label it or being worried that it's going to be good or bad. So what I shared with you about those yoga, like, like the code of ethics, right? Those come from the yoga, the, the, the eight limbs of yoga. Okay. And the eight limbs of yoga, which you may have heard of like Ashtanga yoga, that means eight limbed yoga. The eight limbs of yoga are Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyana, Samadhi. So those are eight limbs and what they mean, and this is like sort of like, this is how, this is what yoga is. Yoga is Yama, like how you show up in the world, the the code of ethics for how you show up in the world. That's where nonviolence, non-stealing, all that is. The Niyama, which is the personal code of ethics, which is about cleanliness and, and about contentment and not giving away all your sexual energy, okay? And about tapas is one of them in there too. And that's about, about, about having a fervor, right? Like to maintain your, your, your practices, okay? To show up, to be, to be, to be committed. And then asana, is the poses do the physical poses because they align your 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 body and your organs and your mind and your energy system so that you can do the fourth limb which is pranayama which is breath work practicing breathing exercises because your breath is what connects you to the cosmic to the eternal right and then the next limb pratyahara is about managing your senses it's about controlling your senses. It's acknowledging that if you let in crap and negative and abrasive things that have bad energy, they're going to have a tremendous impact on who you are, on your being. So the fifth limb of yoga is learning how to control the senses. Okay. And then dharana is concentration. It's single pointed concentration. Dhyana is what we often refer to as meditation, but it's complete absorption. It's when you can practice getting completely out of your outgoing mind and being totally absorbed in beingness. And then samadhi is the eighth limb, which is kind of like the ultimate state of yoga, which is like transcendence. It's like, it's literally getting so out of your humanness and ego and mind that you're now experience what we call bliss. Okay. That, so those are the eight limbs of yoga. And then the eight limbs of yoga are outlined for us in a very, very old Vedic book called the Yoga Sutras. Okay. And the suit, the Yoga Sutras are like the outline of, of all of the philosophy of yoga. The, those eight limbs are inside of that book. Okay. And the Yoga Sutras are divided into four chapters. And the first sutra, a sutra is a short aphorism. It's a short statement that is very loaded. It needs to be unpacked. It's like a scholarly like, you know, dense statement that makes a statement about something. And then you need a scholar to basically unpack it and teach it to you. I've, I've been in the room with scholars learning the sutras probably more than 20 times. Okay. So each chapter starts with the first sutra and the first sutra of each chapter is kind of the most important one. And this first sutra of the second chapter of the yoga sutras is Tapas, Swadhyaya, Ishwara Pranidhanani, Kriya Yoga. And what it means, that's Sanskrit, is the action of yoga, which means the practice of yoga, is enthusiasm, self-study, and surrender. 
surrendering to God is what it actually says. But the thing about the Yoga Sutras is that it's a non-sectarian, non-religious text. So you get to put anything you want in there. It could be the universe. It could be your particular God. It could be Allah. It could be Hashem. It could be Jesus. It could be Christ, whatever, right? So the action of yoga or the practice of yoga is enthusiasm or fervor or commitment, meaning you do it like all the time every day, self-study, and then doing it in total surrender to something greater. So imagine learning that and thinking, holy shit, like we get to apply that to our lives. Because yoga is not just the class in the in the the the, the poses in the classroom. Yoga is a, a philosophy of how to look at how to be human. And what it's telling you is have enthusiasm and commitment, meaning be good, like be good, be disciplined, like just be committed. And then and then just learn about yourself, know yourself. And then finally, do your service, do your thing, but do it without any attachment to the outcome. That is the very definition of what it means to practice and show up without ever having to worry that like it's going to be wrong or bad. So a few years into teaching yoga, like not that long, this is the the story I'm going to tell you that transformed the way that I understood this practice, understood this. Because what I just shared with you about that sutra, Tapa, Swadhyaya, Ishwara, Pranadhanani, Kriya Yoga, I didn't get that as deeply as I do now for years after what I'm about to tell you. So about a year or two into my my uh, teaching of yoga, uh, the yoga studio that I was teaching at brought in a special guest to teach a meditation like workshop for us. And this special guest happened to be Sharon Salzberg, who is like one of the most famous meditation teachers. She's a world famous meditation teacher. She's written tons of books and she's this she's this like meditation guru. And so I get to be in this workshop with her, this intimate workshop, which was kind of a big deal, I guess. You know, she's one of those people that like when she goes to like a city, they'll like, you know, do, she'll sell out like, you know, like a like an auditorium or whatever. So I'm in this like little workshop with her and it's a meditation workshop. And you know, who who loves meditation when they first learn it? I mean, I know people who won't even like try it, right? Most people are like, ugh, meditation, I don't know. That's not for me, which is so weird. That's like saying like, ugh, brushing your teeth. Ugh, I don't know. That's not for me, right? It's like meditation is like, is what you do to like, to clean your brain. It's what you do to manage your mind. It's what you do to manage your thoughts. Otherwise your brain feels like a crowded, shitty, like subway. <laughs> okay. If you've never been to New York, maybe you don't understand that reference, but I'm sure you can imagine. Okay. And meditation is what we do to make sure that we're taking care of our brains. And what's so funny is like, you would never not take care of your physical body. Well, I don't know, maybe you would, but, but I think those of you who are listening, you probably take care of yourself. Cause I know you're all like health coaches, and life coaches and wellness professionals and, you know, people who, people who are on it, right. You are trying to up-level yourself in every way. I know you care about your health. Okay. So imagine being like, ah, oh, fuck that. I'm just not going to brush my teeth and let them rot. But that's kind of like, that's what it is when you say like, eh, I don't know, meditation is not for me or any of those practices that I said, right? Visualizing, meditating, affirming, they're all in the same category. They all have to do with like, what are you going to do to manage this human brain? That is not only a human brain that like is a human brain, period, but it's your human brain that has inside of it everything that's ever happened to you. So you've got all your emotional shit in there. You've got all your sadness. You've got all your joy. You've got all your fear. You've got all your trauma. You've got, you've got all your memories. You've got all this shit is in your brain. And it doesn't serve you always at the highest level to let all that shit make your current day decisions, right? The choices that you make on a daily basis in an ideal scenario, they're being made from your present reality and not from all the crap like plaque on your teeth that's stuck in your brain. 
right? So the idea of like not doing any of that shit for your brain, like I don't do any practices for my brain, my energetic self, my being, it's kind of fucked up, right? (laughs) When you really think about it. But anyway, there are plenty of people who don't do it. So anyway, so we're at this meditation workshop and I'm at the very early stages of like of, of, of my yoga teaching and of really understanding all this stuff and definitely a beginner meditator. And of course, like all of the usual things, like, so you go to a workshop and she's guiding us through meditation and you're sitting there with your, you know, with your legs crossed and your hands on your lap, like with your palms up, maybe you're touching your, you know, your, your thumb to your middle finger or index finger, making a mudra. You're, you're being all like a meditating, you're sitting on a cushion, you know, and, and you're meditating and what's going on in your brain the whole time. You're like, I'm not doing this right. I suck. I can't stop thinking. The thoughts are still coming. I don't see any clouds floating by in my brain. I must be a total asshole. I suck at meditation. I'm not doing it right. My brain is broken. Everybody else is meditating but me. Everyone else is blissed out and having a transcendent experience and I'm just being a shitty human. Like that is what your brain is doing. That is what your brain is doing while you're meditating especially if you've never meditated or hardly ever meditated, that's what's going to happen, right? And so like we we finished the first little meditation, whatever. And of course, someone raises their hand. They're like, I don't think I was doing it right. And she's like, what do you mean? <laughs> and they were like, well, I couldn't stop thinking. Like there were thoughts in my brain. And like, this is from Sharon Salzberg, meditation guru of all time. And she says, yeah, but that's what meditation is. Like, you can't control what's in your mind. You can get better at it. The more you practice meditation, the faster your mind may quiet down. The, you know, like you may get better at learning how to like, how to shift your attention or get more focused or whatever. But the thing is, is that you just meditated. You just meditated, which means you committed to the time that we said, we said, we're going to sit for five minutes. We sat, you were quiet. You kept your eyes closed. You stayed inside the practice. You showed up for it. And that was the practice. And it was good. And there's no such thing as a good meditation or a bad meditation. Some days your brain is going to be really active and not actually quiet down. Some days you're going to go into like a blissful, peaceful, like, you know, journey. But just because they're different doesn't mean one was better than the other. There's no such thing as a good or bad meditation. It just is. And when she taught us that, and, you know, when we learn things and really get things, it's always, we don't know why in that particular moment, that particular setting, that particular teacher, that particular moment on your own timeline, why everything comes together so perfectly, you know? And for me, that was like this, like this perfect storm. I was obviously ready for that message and to understand it, like in my, in my being and get it for the first time after years and years and years of practicing things for the outcome of practicing for the good or bad of practicing for the, did I good do a good job? Did I get the part, you know? And then here I was for the first time ever having this completely different understanding of practice. And the practice was show up and do the thing and it's good. That's it. There's no way to do it wrong. I mean, you could do it wrong if you were like, I'm meditating. And then you were running around and being like, la, 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 la. I mean, yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> like that's not meditating. But like if you show up and you, and, and, and all meditating is, there are other meditation practices that also don't look like you sitting with your legs crossed with your eyes closed. That's one kind of meditation. But the point is, is by showing up and doing the practice, that is it. It was good. Now, if you're attached to the outcome and you're like, I better get this, like this clear brain, then you're going to be fucking yourself over because you're going to, then you're going to, you are going to have the experience of that. You were better one day or you're worse now, or you're good or you're bad. And that isn't helpful to you. That's what perfectionism is. That's what fear of what other people think is. That's judging yourself. That's not being okay with just being yourself and being in the moment. 
and being with your thoughts if that's what you have to do. So I started bringing this into my yoga teaching because I started realizing that every time someone came to a yoga class and were with their body of the day, right? Your body is not the same every day. You know you don't feel the same every day. You know you wake up one day and you feel, you know, like really energized and and, and awesome and awake. And you wake up another day and you're like a little tired and groggy. You know that like you get like an ache here or pain that like you're just not the same every day. Your brain's not the same every day. Your emotional body's not the same every day. You're just not the same every day. And yet you go to do your activities and you do your things. And if you didn't do it the same way as yesterday or as good, or you got a different outcome, you beat yourself up. And so I started noticing that my students would actually be competitive with themselves and with each other in the yoga class. Someone else did a handstand. So now it makes you feel shitty that you didn't do a handstand. Um, you did a handstand yesterday and for some reason today you can't. And so now you leave and you go, well, that wasn't a good yoga practice. Yesterday I was better. And then I started realizing like, oh my God, this is not good. Like my job as a yoga teacher and as a, and now as a coach, <laughs> my job as someone who helps other people with their personal growth and development, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, my job is to make sure that you never, ever, ever think that there's something that you did that like was not good enough. If it's coming from the right place, the right intention, if you've got enthusiasm and you're doing your best and you're committed and you're showing up, and if you're studying yourself, and if you're willing to do that in total service of your own greater good, then you can't fuck it up. Who gives a shit if you do a handstand or a headstand or backbend? I think the, the greatest yoga practice you could possibly do is stand in mountain pose and be vulnerable and not be doing something and just be, to just be you, to just stand there in all of your amazingness and believe it and be, and be, and just be without moving, without distracting yourself, without taking a shape. That's the ultimate, right? So how do you manage showing up and practicing and showing up and practicing, doing your practices? When people say to me that they're worried that they're going to do the wrong, mess up a visualization and do it wrong or bad, I'm like, Okay, only if you were visualizing something horrible could you do it wrong or bad. Only if you showed up to a discovery call and were literally an asshole could you do a bad job on your call. Can you get better at your conversations? Can you get better at coaching? Can you get better at sales? Yeah, you can. But how? With practice <laughs> and showing up the way I just said. For when you practice. Now, are there stakes when you're on an actual discovery call and you'd like someone to say yes to paying you? Yeah, there are. But you know what? I'm here to tell you that like shit takes practicing and you have to be okay with it. And can I help you get better at your calls and conversations and all that? Yeah, that's what Prosper was about. I can help you do that. But you still have to adopt fully the principles and the belief that showing up equals good. Practicing equals good. That's it. You're good. So what are the conditions besides those like yoga ones? Like don't hurt, don't kill anyone, don't lie, don't steal, don't covet, you know, don't be an asshole basically, um, you know, manage your energy, uh, be committed, look for contentment in life, which to me is like gratitude, right? Like, so if you're doing all those things, but what else, what else can I help you to sort of ask yourself it's like also, it's almost like a checklist. You know what I mean? Like that you could ask yourself to know, like if you did a good job, if you need that, if you're like, did I do my meditation good? Did I show up good? Did I go on social media good? Did I do, did I 
show up to this event, this networking? Did I talk good? <laughs> Did I have, you know, was I right? But if, if, if that's still where your brain is, then here are a few things that you can ask yourself to calm your nervous system and to calm yourself down and start rewiring yourself from those old archaic, patriarchal, shitty things that, that became ingrained in you. Like the fact that like, that you might not get picked and being yourself is not enough or that, that competition is the most important thing and you better fucking win and be better than everyone else. Or that life is a performance and, and that everything you ever do is for other people and for how it's going to look on the outside and that there are winners and losers and that you can be wrong. And that just because you didn't know everything that you're now dumb, like this is all shit that like, you might not even be realizing that like you even remember because it's so ingrained in you. And that's why it's so important that that if you want to be successful in the world and you're not in the mainstream, meaning you're not someone who's going along with all those, you know, there are some people that all those thoughts and beliefs fucking work for them and they're living shitty lives. Cause you know what? They might be making a lot of money and they might be really like, you know, they might be successful. If you can't see me, but I'm putting up my quote fingers. They may be successful like it on paper, but I'm going to tell you that there's a really good chance that they're fucking miserable. So I want you to remember when you're looking around and you're comparing and you think there are winners and losers, I want you to remember that winning at life is not about how much money you have or how successful you look on paper. It's how fucking happy you are inside. It's about being who you are and showing up every single day and knowing that who you are isn't enough and that you are good and that you are perfect and that you are whole and that you are, you are here to do your thing. You're here to have your message. You're here to help other people. You're here to help other people transform. You're here to be the best version of you that you can be. And I would like for you to be able to make money doing that. <laughs> That's what I'm about. I want you to use all that to make money and not sell yourself out and feel like you have to do something that you don't want to do. That's what the whole brand is about. That's what the show is about. That's what Passion and Prosperous is about. So what are some things that you can look at for yourself to know that you're doing a good job if that's something you need? Number one, are you being kind and loving to yourself? That's a criteria. Kind and loving to yourself. Are you being present? When you are doing your practices, when you're showing up, are you being present? That's a practice. How can you get more present? Well, one way that we can get really present is we can connect to our breath. Your breath is always in the moment. There's no such thing as a breath from before. Every breath is fresh and new. It connects you to the present moment. Are you practicing being the objective observer? I've talked to you about this. I've taught you this. My evolve system, expand, visualize observe, right? Let go. That's the releasing, the non-attachment. Validate, embody. That's evolve, right? We have an episode on that. But you've got to be able to be objective so that you can just see yourself in the moment as being present and collecting data. Oh, it's so interesting. It's so interesting that I could do a handstand yesterday and not today. Hmm. Not, oh my God, I fucking suck. Yesterday I was better and today I suck right? No. Oh, this is just interesting. It's just more information about me and my body and my breath and my energy and how I am today. And maybe I want to do something different in my practice today to balance that out because clearly I need something else than a handstand. Clearly my body is saying, you don't need a handstand. You don't need to be upside down today. You need something more grounded. You need something more upright. You need something that's going to connect you to the earth, not to, to, to the heavens right now. What if you could see that instead of just like judging yourself? Coming from a place of curiosity. Curiosity is your freaking best friend. Knowing that your practices are for you and no one else. That's over. That's gone. Again, unless you're like a concert pianist or something. Okay, those are rehearsals. Rehearsing and practicing are not the same thing. Practicing for performance is different than practicing to just ground into your, to who you are, to do your thing, to, to spark your, your life force, to connect to your talent, to your innate ability, to use your gifts, to connect to your own mind. 
showing up in service, right? That is showing up with no attachment to the outcome in service. I'm not saying you shouldn't want to make money or that you shouldn't want outcomes or people to sign up or people to say yes, or I get it. And yet this energetic shift is so important because, because if you don't show up in service and make that like the, the ultimate like energy of your come from, you're always going to question if your bullshit stories got in the way of someone else's yes. Being in integrity, really feeling that you know that you're not lying and that you're not stealing and that you're not being a phony and that you're not doing shitty things. When you know that about yourself, you're good. You're good. If someone else doesn't like your content, if someone else doesn't like your email, if someone unsubscribes from your email list because you send out like a powerful email, an authentic email, fuck them. Who gives a shit? You cannot worry that like what other people think when you know that you're in integrity. Not everyone's the same. Not everyone's going to like you. Listen to who are you for? It's all the way back at like episode three or something, right? Like not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone's going to want your shit. That is okay. You shouldn't let someone thinking you're too expensive or someone thinking that your shit isn't good. You shouldn't let that bother you for one reason. Because like, if you know that you're doing it from a place of service and you're in integrity, then who cares if they have a story about why they don't like, maybe they're, maybe they don't like it because they don't like to see you so shiny. And you know what? I've had that many, many times. And are you coming from the heart? Like, are you, is your main, main objective to connect to your own heart so that you can be in the world from a heart centered place? These are things that I'm offering to you that you can use as like that checklist to remind yourself that like that when these things are in place, there's no such thing as good and bad. Notice how none of it had to do with like if you had the the, the right title for your workshop or if you seeded your program the right way or if you like we're not talking about that. Can we do some of those things better? Can I help you get better at those things? Can I help you be a better copywriter? Can I help you get more clarity? Can I help you be a, I can even help you be a better coach. That's what I do. And that is simultaneous with you already being good because you're just not an asshole. So there's no way that you can do anything wrong. You can do things better as you learn. You can keep practicing. You can implement new things. You can evolve. But there's no such thing as showing up or practicing in a bad or wrong way. And so that is what this episode is about. Showing up equals good. Practice equals good. There's no way to do it wrong. You're not wrong. You didn't fail. There's no winners here. There's no winning. You're your own winner of your own life. So I hope this is helpful for you to like wrap your brain around the idea of what it means to simply do, to just simply be, to simply do, right? To just take those, 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 do those practices that are meant to be done for no other reason other than to help you to be who you want to be, to take action from a place of non-attachment and service so that you can always trust and know that like what you're doing is right. And can we get better strategy for you? Of course we can. Okay. Can we like, can I help you get more, you know, clear on your offer? Yeah. Yeah. But none of that has to do with like a good or bad thing. You know, none of it has to do with right or wrong. So practice and show up. Do not stop. That is your only, that is your only, like, like, you know, what do I want to, what do I want to call it? Like, that's your, that's your mission. Practice and show up, practice and show up, practice and show up, practice being the best human being. And I don't just mean like being a good human being, like a good Samaritan. I mean, just practice working with your own mind every single day. And show up in your business and in your life. Show up. Don't hide. Don't wait. Don't think I'll be ready when. Like, show up. Show up. Show yourself. Show yourself you're ready. You're good enough. Show yourself. So I love you. I really want to see you in November. I want you to come to New York City and like 
and party with me, like have a business inspiration party. Um, and if you have to go virtual, you go virtual. We've got other stuff coming in, up in September, just so you know. You know I like to do a lot of stuff. I'm taking August, the month of August. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. You might be like, who gives a shit? I am now in prep mode and rest mode um, and doing stuff behind the scenes and getting ready for the fall. I mean, I'm still recording the show. There's still going to be an episode every week. But um, but, but coming the fall, there's going to be lots of things for you to sign up for and join me for and do that are free. Um, because, you know, I want to create ways for us not only to be in the headphones, but then to be either in the physical room or in the Zoom room um, so that I can see your face, your gorgeous face. All right. Sending you all the love and high vibes. Um, and I will be in your headphones next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.